Well, good morning again. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord? I, I wanted to mention uh, when she was talking about when you give, you know, we take that and we use it to God's glory. And last week I got an email from one of our ministries that we support, the 21, Network 211, which is, it, it's an online ministry. And this particular one, we support two, but this particular one ministers primarily to the Spanish-speaking. And over the Easter weekend, they had eight, almost 800 people that gave their hearts to the Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when we support a ministry like that, and, and I try to sh share this every so often, but if you're part of the, the giving here, that means when you get to heaven, that 800 people, that's going to your credit as well. And I believe that we're going to have a bank account in heaven. The scriptures are really clear about that. That somehow, some way, and I don't know how it's going to work. It's going to be way better than what we deal with here. You won't ever have to worry about inflation. But what you put in will have a, that's going to add up uh, your heavenly bank account. So anyhow, enough said. So today, I am going to be speaking about what God leaves out. Everybody say that, what God leaves out. All right, are you ready for this? I'm not. Let's pray. Father, we just ask you again just to bless this short time we have together. Lord, I know that this, is, this isn't the main course for these people in this church. This should be just a supplement. Lord, I pray that you'd put it on our hearts to study these things out during the week, to get into the Word, to read it, to pray about it, to meditate on it. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would just give us uh, everything we need today. Open our minds, our hearts to receive from you. And Lord, show us what we didn't know. And if there are things in our lives that need to be changed, help us to see that. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise. And everybody that agrees said, amen. 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 How many were ever in fifth grade? And how many mathematicians do we have in here? <laughs> uh, remember this? Ah, oh, it messed up on me. It should be, should be to the side. How many were good at this? Yeah? Really good at it? What? What? Corey, what? I got one wrong. What? Oh, man, and they dropped right off the bottom. How did it do that? There should, be, there should be nine of them up there, nine formulas, and I apologize for that. I don't know why it did that. I thought I did it right. I hope the rest of them don't do that. Well, there's one wrong. You keep saying that. Well, so what? There's eight right. I knew that there were. I did that on purpose. Because I wanted to share with you today 
how we as human beings were wired to go after the one wrong, ignoring the eight that were right. That's how we are. If you, there's a show, I don't even want to name it, there's a, a, a Hollywood show that all they do is look for things, that pe mistakes people make, and then they promo it. They, they blow it up. They embarrass people. That's their whole goal, is to see who we can embarrass today. Maybe they had 10 movies that were off the chart great, but they're going to take that one moment when that person lost their noggin, you know what I mean, did something stupid, that's what they're going to highlight over and over and over. When we think of people in the Bible, <laughs> oh, I meant to do this, how they failed. That's what we humans look for, how people fail. When we look at people in the Bible, what do we often think of? Let me throw out a name, Peter. <laughs> See, I knew it. Somebody would say it. He denied Christ three times. Was that the only thing Peter did? I mean, I'm glad you knew that. Because that was an important piece. And we're going to talk about that a little more here in just a minute. Jesus knew Peter. And when he said this behind me, and I'm going to quote it here in just a minute, but when he said this to Peter, he already knew that Peter was going to fail him. And yet, let's read this together. Jesus saying this, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Very important text here. Aside from all of Peter's idiosyncrasies, Jesus still chose this man to lead the church. Now what Jesus said here is, is very important. If you'll allow me, I'm going to digress a little bit from my main topic here. But I, I think it's important that I explain this. What was Jesus telling Peter in verse 8? There are some who think Jesus was saying, Peter, you're going to be the preeminent one. You're going to have the most authority. That's not what he was saying, is it? It was not that Peter was the most important person in the church and that God was going to build the church on top of Peter. Peter would have failed. Peter's life was not such that you could have built on it. If we want to understand what's going on here, we have to look back a few verses. And I wanted to say this, always look at the text in its context. Always look at the text in its context. Meaning that you can't just grab one little passage and run with it. You've got to understand what's going on around it as well. And there's a lot that was said here. And in Matthew, starting with verse 15 in chapter 16, Jesus said, 
Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? I love that part because he's almost giving it up right there. In the Old Testament, who was God? I am. When they asked, when Moses said, who should I tell him sent me? Tell him I am sent you. So Jesus is giving it up right here. Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And listen to Jesus' reply. He said, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. If I can put it this way, Peter just had a light bulb moment. Have you ever, I like the minions, light bulb. (laughs) Anyway, I guess that wasn't the minions that said that, it was the other guy. Um, Have you ever, though, you're studying scripture, you're reading through the different passages, and all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit shows you something you didn't understand before? Is that cool? I mean, I'm just like, wow. It's like I had no clue, Cheryl Lynn, how to spell your name until you sent me that email the other day, and I went, oh, have I had this puppy wrong? Anyway. Sometimes only the Holy Spirit can illuminate certain things. And that's what happened here with Peter. The Holy Spirit enlightened him that Jesus was none other than the Messiah, the Son of the living God. When Jesus asked the question, who do you say I am? Peter revealed that he knew who he was. This is God in the flesh. My Savior. And that's what Jesus was building on in this passage. It wasn't on Peter. It was on the knowledge Peter had that Jesus was the Son of God. And because Peter knew that and began to understand that, he knew Peter would be able to take that good news message to the world. You know, we can do the same thing with that good news message, right? And we should. And by the way, there's only one rock. Though Peter's name, in some translations, it actually means little stone, which I think is a a better translation. This one read it as rock. But there's no other rock. Only Jesus. When you're building your palace, when you're building your life for Christ, Build it on Jesus and no other. Not on Peter, not on Pastor Norm, not on Pastor Roger, on Jesus and Jesus only. So what was Jesus telling Peter in verse 9? Let me go back there. 19, I'm sorry. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What was he saying here? Do you you think he was saying, Peter, you will be like the mighty Oz. Let's see. You can come in to heaven. No, 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 not you. You can come in. Oh, no, 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 not you. It just happened that way. I wasn't (laughs) picking you guys. No, Peter didn't have that kind of authority. 
He couldn't dictate who was coming and who was going. So what is it that Jesus is trying to tell him here? What is he telling us? The keys are a metaphor. All right? Jesus talked about this a lot. There were gates. And in order to get into heaven, you have to go through the gate. And gates are typically locked. Who's the key? Wow. Is this easy? You don't need a skeleton key. You need Jesus. That's the only way. And because Peter understood this in that moment, and he recognized Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, Jesus said, you now have the keys. We all have the keys if we're a believer. Does that mean we can say who goes, who doesn't go? No, but what it does mean is that you can show people the way. You can choose to go up to that one when Christ says, or the Holy Spirit says, now I want you to go over and talk to that young man over there sitting on the street corner. You could say, not me. And in a sense, what are you doing? Okay, you're taking it a little further than I wanted you to. In a sense, what you're saying is, I don't want you in there. Right? But if you go to that person and, and you share your faith with that person, and if they happen to say yes to Jesus in that moment, what have you just done? You just let them right into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Peter knew who had the authority. Jesus. Jesus. Back to my main point. Jesus did not focus on Peter's failures. Hallelujah. Jesus saw the good in Peter. And I know there are scriptures that say, oh, there's nothing good in men. I get that. But that's pre-Jesus. Right? Once you're born again, you are God's. You've been saved by the blood. And if Jesus shed his blood for you, you are worth something. There is good in you. It's not you. It's what he's put in you. And he saw something in this man. Not as failures, not as mistakes. He wasn't like the rest of you earlier that pointed out the one mistake, even though I got eight right. What if Jesus did that to us? Think about that. What if God was like that? You, you've led 20 people to the Lord, but that one time you blew it. You get to heaven, and, and he's looking at you, and he's going, you remember that one time? Do you remember? And you're just going, yeah, but no buts. No ifs, ands, or buts. It sounds like your dad, right? No, I don't, I don't know your dad that well. He might, that would have been me. <laughs> 
I'm so grateful that God doesn't look at everything I've blown. He looks at what I've done that's good. And the rest he covers with his blood. I love the scriptures. And I'm so grateful that we're saved by grace and not by our own works. And I'm so thankful God's not like us. <laughs> right? So if Jesus had only looked at Peter's mistakes, remember this one? what we always remember and of course when Jesus said this it was before it happened so it shows that Jesus was God because he at the very least he was a prophet but we know he was God and he knew what Peter was going to do and what did Peter say anybody remember Lord not me I'd never do that I'd stake my life on it. You know the funny part is? All the rest of the disciples said the same thing. Me too. I'd never deny you, Lord. But they all did in their own way. Peter just happened to be the one with the crow, or, or the, sorry, the rooster. Before the rooster crows three times. You'll deny me. I said that wrong. Nobody said anything, though, because you were thinking, all right, was that a mistake? He wants to catch us again. Hallelujah. Let me ask you this. Did Jesus really know what he was doing when he picked this failure of a man? Knowing that he was going to deny him three times. Let's look at the book of Acts for the answer. I'm going to run through this pretty quick. Once when he was eating with them, Jesus, of course. He commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water. In just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That was kind of fitting with the tank over here. And then in verse 8, chapter 1, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this was the goal of the church, to take this good news and share it with the world. From Jerusalem all the way to the utter ends of the earth, as the King James likes to put it. Jesus told his disciples then, he said, now I want you to do something. I want you to go and wait. How many are good at waiting? How many aren't so good at waiting? Oh, I pity the rest of you that just raised your hand and said you were good. Because you know what that means. You're going to get tested. I never ask for more patience. <laughs> Ever. 
That doesn't mean God doesn't sh give it to me, but oh my goodness. Yeah. So these, there were 500 that Jesus witnessed to after he was resurrected from the grave between that point and when he ascended into heaven. But in this last moment of time, there were 120 that listened. And they went into that upper room and they waited. Now they would have been together, of course, and they were probably all like, when's he coming? Anybody else? Right? And I'm sure they were praying, Lord, what do you want us to learn here today? Show me something. Lord, move this stinky man that's next to me away from me because he should have taken a shower this morning and he didn't. I mean, we do those things when we're waiting. Our mind runs all over the place. And thank God something awesome happened, something divine. For those who are faithful, for those who listened to what Jesus said and waited, God showed up. And we'll jump down to Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, suddenly, that's how God is. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roar of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking, what does that mean? Other languages, languages they didn't know. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability. We call this speaking in tongues. Glossolalia in the Greek. The Holy Spirit showed up, and those who were faithful, those who waited received this impartation and it changed how they did ministry hallelujah and then something cool happened i love the part where they went outside after being filled with the holy spirit and they had so much joy in them that the people who were out in the outside and saw them come out I imagine 120 people just <laughs> oh wasn't that great oh! <laughs> or something like that and big pasty smiles on their face I can't even do it anymore and they looked at him and you know what they said you're drunk Wait, wait, Peter comes out. Wait, who's Peter? Peter is a guy that Jesus had every opportunity to say, you're not fit to lead. You've made too many mistakes. But you know what? Jesus is in the business of repair. Things that are broken tend to get fixed. And he uses the broken things in order to carry out God's plan. And that way, nobody can take the credit. We have to give God the glory. And 
Peter comes out and he goes, whoa, 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 really? Do you really think we've been drinking? It's nine o'clock in the morning. And then he, he stepped into the, I like to call it the, the batter's box. He hit a home run. He shared why these people had so much joy. That they had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, what we have, you need. And he shared this with all these people. Now, they didn't have microphones. They didn't have those megaphones. He just had to use his preaching voice. I'm guessing the Holy Spirit carried it a little farther than it probably would go normally. And he went on. And you can read about the, what he preached between verses uh, 14 and 40. I wanted to jump down to 41 to answer our question today. Did Jesus make a mistake when he chose Peter to lead his church? And here we find it. <laughs> after Peter got finished, after he finished preaching that marvelous sermon, 3,000 people at least were added to the church that day. How cool is that? I think Jesus knew what he was doing. Sometimes he picks us. Amidst all of our mistakes and failures and brokenness. And he says, I pick you. Not because you're anything special. You are to him, but in earth terms, humanity terms, you're nothing special other than the fact that he picked you. Every person in this room has some kind of mission. There are people out there who you're going to be able to loose into the kingdom or bind from ever enter entering it. We remember Peter's shortcomings. What does God remember? Upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And 3,000 people repented that day and gave their hearts and lives to the Lord. Born again, as we like to call it. We remember our failures, but God remembers our destiny. Would you stand with me? We remember our shortcomings, our failures, our disasters. And we're good at making disastrous decisions. But we serve a God who is forgiving. And this is where I'm so thankful that we're not saved by our works. 
because every one of us would fail miserably. We're saved by grace, according to his mercy. That's how much God loves you and how much he loves me. So how much he loved Peter. In my title, I, I started out with this, what God leaves out. You know what he leaves out? Your mistakes. Your sins. When you get to heaven, God's not going to point out everything you did wrong. When you meet Jesus at that banquet supper, <laughs> He's not going to remind you of how many times you failed. He's going to remind you of how you succeeded. He's going to remind you of how you were faithful, of how you didn't give up, how you kept your eyes on the Master, on Jesus, and not putting them on the world. That's what he's going to remind you. How you believed. God leaves out our failures. Sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here. And I, when I asked earlier, Lord, how am I going to end this? He didn't tell me. <laughs> ah, I hate that. But I love you, Lord. And he, he just said, there's some broken people in this room who need to hear this today. I'm not here to squash them like a bug. I'm here to give them life and life in abundance. And if you need that today, if you, if you need restoration, I'm just going to ask if you would, just come up. If you need healing in your life today, there's something that you're struggling with, something that you've been dealing with for years, and, and you've just like almost given up on yourself. I'm going to invite you to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God loves you. If you're at home today watching this on live stream, God loves you. I'm going to wrap this up here in just a minute. Anybody else? You're, you're just feeling broken. You're, you're feeling like you've been distanced from God. He wants you to know that he's not looking at your mistakes. He's looking at your destiny. He has amazing things in your future. And he doesn't want you living your, your mistakes He wants you to see where you're going, the good that he has in store for you. And I can't help but go back 
in Jeremiah 29:11. For God has plans for you, not to harm you, not to ruin you, but to restore you, to give you a hope and a future. Can you lift your voices to him? Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. going to throw this last little thing out. If, if you need something from the Lord today, can you come down and just stand with us? There's something you need from the Lord. Maybe everybody's awesome, great. Got to believe there's people here today you're just hurting. Father, we are so blessed today to be in this beautiful building, Lord, with like believers. We love you. And I thank you for every person that's standing here today that is just showing that they're raw, they're real. And like most humans, they have issues. Lord, I just pray for each one here today in the name of Jesus, whatever it is that they're facing, Lord, that you would grant them their heart's desire. If they need to be forgiven, forgive. Lord, if, if they need to forgive, help them to do that. If they need a healing, bring healing. If they need something in their lives, Lord, that only you can give them, I pray that you would meet their needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, you see every heart here today. Minister here as only you can. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody in here today, 
I believe this is a word from the Lord, but somebody in here today, you have a grandson that's not living for the Lord. You know that he's not and that he needs Jesus. If, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up and acknowledge that? Yep. Anybody else? Yep. Okay. I, I want you just to pray with me. And uh, I, I think the Holy Spirit is putting special emphasis on these young people. And if you're at home and you've got a grandson, just, just lift them up, put them in your mind. Father, we pray for these young men in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would draw them, Lord, to the cross of Christ, to that experience with you, Lord, where they repent of their sins, turn from their wicked ways, and come running toward you. Lord, loose Christians around them, whatever it takes. Loose ministering angels around them, whatever it takes. But Lord, we pray that they would be they would be ushered into the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to go ahead and close the service today, but you don't have to leave if you want to linger, tarry, uh, whatever you want to call it. Just meditate, that's fine. If the Lord's done with you, you're, you're, you'll be dismissed. Father, again, thank you for this beautiful morning. Remind us of who we are in Christ. Just as you did with Peter, Lord. Yes, you reminded him that he failed three times, but then each time you told him, feed my sheep. You gave him his destiny three times. And he was successful. And I pray that the people of this church, Lord, those listening online would do the same that we'd not focus on our mistakes and how wicked we are, but rather who we are in Christ today. Our sins are under the blood, and we thank you for that. Now keep us safe in our coming and our going. Give us divine appointments. Lord, bless these folks as only you can. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need further prayer, I'll be up here. My wife will be up here. God bless you.